Well, Happy New Year to everybody. 2020, wow. Uh, we're thankful for what God accomplished in 2019, and we're looking forward to, with anticipation to what He's going to do in the year 2020 in our lives and in our church. Uh, this Sunday, of course, is the first Sunday in, in 2020, and my message is entitled Prayer Week 2020. And I think one of the best ways that I can think of to start the new year is to start it with a week of prayer. Uh, prayer for ourselves, prayer for our families, prayer for our church, prayer for our nation. Now, we all have heard of, and sometimes we make New Year's resolutions, and they are fine. Uh, statistics show that most of them don't last very long. Uh, but with prayer, as we make uh, commitments to God with prayer, God can help those things actually come into reality. I believe that God desires to use our church and each one of us to touch many lives this year in 2020 through the power of prayer. And so God wants us to have a, a clear vision, you know, 2020 vision as we head into this next decade concerning once, what he wants to do through us as we pray. Now in order for us to have an impact with prayer I believe I need, and perhaps you too, need to grow in your prayer life. I mean, there's really no limit to how much we can grow in our prayer lives. We just can't say, well, I've arrived. I'm the best prayer that God ever has on the planet, and I can't get any better. I hope nobody is like that. I'm not there. Uh, God has far more for us in prayer than we've even begun to grasp. Acts 4.31, the first scripture we want to look at today concerning prayer. Uh, these scriptures are on the screen. They're also in the white page in the middle of your bulletin. It says, when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. And so this is talking about the early church in the book of Acts gathered together and when they prayed together, things really happened. The very place that they were meeting in was shaken. It says they were filled with the Spirit and they were bold witnesses to the unbelievers around them, even though the church was being persecuted at that time. And so thinking of ourselves, not exactly sure we want an earthquake in this place. I don't know, but uh, we certainly desire to be Spirit-filled, bold witnesses in the year 2020. And yet, for many believers, including myself, prayer can sometimes be difficult. Anybody else have any difficulty with praying other than me? Uh, prayer can be difficult at times. We have good intentions, but sometimes we get busy. Sometimes we get distracted, and we don't end up praying as we intended. And why is prayer so difficult? Well, it's difficult because prayer involves spiritual warfare with an enemy. It's, it's not just us and God. And I think that picture I, I shared today, which God had given me a little more detail than when I had seen it many years ago, uh, there's warfare going on when we pray. It's not just between us and God. There's things that have to be overcome. 1 Peter 5, 8, Peter writes, he says, Be sober-minded, be watchful, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Let's ask a simple question. Does the devil want you to pray? 
No, that seems to be a consensus. The devil doesn't want us to pray. Why not? Because prayer frustrates his plans. Uh, prayer destroys his intentions and the things that he wants to do. In this verse, it says, be watchful. Being watchful is part of prayer. And as we pray, we are alert to the devil's tactics. We've said many times, prayer is a two-way communication with God. It's not just us asking God for things. It's God telling us things, making us aware of what is going on. When the devil distracts us from prayer, we become weak. We become success, susceptible to being devoured. That doesn't sound good. I don't want to be devoured by the devil. I don't want anybody I know to be devoured by the devil. And so we need to learn how to pray. Prayer connects us with God. That's our vertical relationship. We grow in our relationship with God as we pray and we receive God's power through prayer. Prayer is also essential in witnessing. That's our horizontal, one of our horizontal relationships with people around us where we tell them about Jesus. And so if the devil can interrupt our prayers, we, he can in, disrupt both of those relationships, our relationship with God and our relationship with other people. So how can we grow in our, our prayer lives? Well, the disciples wanted to grow in their prayer lives. One day they were watching Jesus pray. And I think Jesus prays pretty good, right? I mean, that's the ultimate. He's the ultimate prayer. And they watched him and say, wow, you know, uh, Luke 11, verse 1, Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. Like, we see that you have power when you pray, Jesus, and we want to learn <clears throat> to pray in that same way. So teach us how to pray. And so they asked him to teach them. And what did he do? He taught them. And uh, that's another message, the things that he taught them. But he answered their request. He taught them about prayer. And I believe the heart of the disciples, that they wanted to be taught how to pray. They realized they didn't have it all together. They, they needed to grow in their prayer lives. Is, is something that we should have as well, that desire for God to teach us. And so this morning, God wants to teach us a little bit more about prayer. He wants to encourage us. He wants to motivate us. He wants to show us how to pray, and he wants to increase our faith in the power of prayer. And so this year, 2020, we're going to do something a, a bit different. At the beginning of this year, we haven't ever done it exactly this way before. So this full week, be, this is the first full week in, in January, beginning this Sunday, the 5th. We're going to designate this whole week our prayer week of, of 2020. And so in this message this morning, I'm going to give you a topic to pray about for each day of the week, and uh, those are listed in the white page in the middle of your bulletin, and along with the scriptures we've been going over, and there's also another uh, sheet with the days and uh, with the topics for the day just written out in a little bit more uh, length than I abbreviated them in the Sunday message, and these points or topics for each day are going to be prayed about in, in thousands of, of Assembly of God churches uh, across the United States and also around the world. We're going to be uniting our hearts together about that, about these topics. And so my prayer is 
as we start off this new year, and actually a new decade, that as we concentrate prayer this week, as we put some of these things into practice, God's going to help us not just pray the first week of the year, but continue and take our prayer lives up a notch throughout the rest of the year so that we can grow as prayer warriors for God's kingdom. So let's get started with Sunday. Today is Sunday. We'll get started with the very first day. God would have us to pray, strengthen me to regularly pray. Strengthen me to regularly pray. Psalm 5.3, the psalmist writes, O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. And so the psalmist had set aside a time, a time in the morning to pray to the Lord. Uh, he also had a time to sacrifice. Now, we don't offer animal sacrifices anymore in the New Testament era. But we do offer up ourselves as living sacrifices to God. We offer up our lives to Him to be used for His purposes in our prayer time. The psalmist also says that, that he watches. To watch is to wait for the Lord to speak. And as we said before, and I'll repeat it a number of times throughout the message it's so important that as we pray, as we ask God for things, we listen. Or perhaps we listen before we ask. It's, it's two-way communication, just as you would have a communication with a friend or with a spouse. If one person does all the talking, uh, that relationship has an issue, uh, doesn't it? So sometimes that does happen. <laughs> uh, but a good relationship is talking, speaking, and listening. Now... You can pray at any time of the day. I mean, uh, we're going to talk about how we can pray multiple times of the day. But it's good to have a time set aside to be with God. We see Jesus taking time set aside, being alone, being away from others, being quiet time with God. Uh, morning is a good time for many people. It's the time I normally uh, take time to pray because... You can find some quiet time before the busyness of the day, uh, before, you know, the texts and the emails come in and all this kind of thing. You can take some time just to be with, with God. How often should one set aside a time to pray with the Lord? The Lord's Prayer indicates uh, we should take time to pray to God at least daily, right? And give us today our daily bread. I mean, it's, it's implied that that prayer is prayed at least on a daily basis. God speaks clearly through his word. Uh, as we take this time alone with him, we, we read his word, uh, we pray. God speaks to us through his word, through his spirit, reveals himself to us. Now, is meeting with God once a day, is that all that God requires? Is it just a box that we check off? And I, I would say no. The Bible clearly teaches us in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it says, Pray without ceasing. Well, that's a whole other concept, isn't it? Rather than just taking time apart from God in a quiet place, which is a good thing, and we see Jesus doing it, and, and the uh, psalmist doing it, and there's many other examples in the Bible. This verse commands us to pray continually. Now, probably some questions would arise in your mind. How can I possibly do that? I mean, I have work to do. I have a family to take care of. I have places to go. I mean, I have to live. I can't just lock myself up in a closet 24-7. I have to sleep and all this kind of stuff. But this verse challenges us to stay in communication with God. 
even as we go about our daily activities, to involve Him in everything that we do. To involve God as we work in our workplace, that we're communicating with Him. We're saying, God, I, I have this task to do, and I'm not sure how to do it. Can you help me? God, I have this coworker, and I need some uh, wisdom how to deal with this person. God wants us to stay in communication with him as we work around the home, as we interact with our family members. We, we are to talk with him as we're driving places. We are to talk with him as we are even in conversations with others. What do you want me to say? How do you want me to respond to this person? And so we need God to strengthen us both as we set aside time daily and as we seek to grow in praying without ceasing or praying continually. Now, in today's world, um, you put things on your calendar that you prioritize. And a daily prayer time with God, I believe, should be on your calendar. Now, there might be things sometimes that come up, but I recommend you put it on your calendar. So not just you check it off, but you really look forward to meeting with God. I would recommend at least 15 minutes a day, and many people can work up to 30 to 60 minutes a day of time with God, spent alone with Him, reading His Word, and praying. And as you pray and ask God to strengthen you, God is going to do that. He's going to answer your prayers. You're going to grow in your prayer life. He's going to bring more blessing into your life. And He's going to help you to make that communication with Him not just once a day, but continually throughout the day, walking with him, talking with him. So that's Sunday. Monday, our topic is, God, help me to trust you to answer, to answer my prayers. Help me to trust you. James 1, 6 and 7 says, speaking of prayer, let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. And so faith or trusting God is an essential part of prayer. We must believe, first of all, that God hears our prayers. And secondly, that he's going to answer them. These verses tell us that if we doubt that God is going to answer our prayer, then we're not going to receive anything from God. And so that picture as the chain is being built between the person who prays in heaven, the links aren't going to be added if we don't believe that God is hearing our prayer, if we don't believe that God is going to answer our prayers. So how can our trust in God answering prayer go, grow? How can it grow? Well, first of all, by one of the purposes of God's word is to show us what God has done in the past. God's word says that faith comes from hearing the word of God. As we see how God has answered prayer with people in the past, it builds our faith to believe him to answer in the present. Secondly, our faith can grow as we ask what I would call specific smaller prayers. Okay? Sometimes it's good to ask big prayers. But do you think big prayers take more or less faith? They're going to take more faith, right? 
It's just like if you go into the gym, I don't laugh, but, you know, if I would try to bench press 250 pounds, it wouldn't move, right? It, would, it wouldn't move at all. And I, I don't presume that will ever happen with me. Uh, but you start with small weights, and as you develop strength, you can lift heavier weights. And the Bible says our walk with God is as similar to exercise, our prayer life. As we pray for smaller things, we see God answer those smaller things, and our faith grows. That's not to say don't pray for bigger things, uh, things that take more time, but specific smaller things will help your faith to grow. Sometimes our prayers are so general that we don't know if God has or if he's going to answer. God bless Grandma. Yes, Grandma blessed. Well, I don't know. That's not very specific. Uh, God blessed me today. Not a bad prayer, but I'm not really sure if that prayer was answered or not. So God wants us to pray specifically for the things that he puts on our hearts, the things that we desire him to do in our lives. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. One of the things that I'm learning, God is really speaking to me about these two verses here, or this verse here, um, actually verse 7 as well, but we don't have that up there, is that if I'm worrying about something, that should be a incentive to pray. If I'm worrying about something, I realize I'm worrying about something. First of all, I'm disobeying God's word. I'm actually sinning. I mean, worry, it says, do not be anxious about it. That's a command. If I'm worrying, I'm sinning. And what should I do? Just stop worrying? No, I should do something positive. I should bring whatever I'm worrying about to God in prayer. In everything. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, I should begin to pray and lift that concern up to God. And then it adds a phrase, with thanksgiving. What does that mean? Well, how, what's thanks, well, we're thanking God for the answer. That's, you can't thank God if you don't have some faith he's going to answer. And so your, your faith is growing. You're thanking God that he's going to answer that prayer. And so if you're praying about something and you're still worrying about it, then you're not really in faith. And God wants you to, wants you to pray in faith with thanksgiving. And the next verse 7, which is not up there, goes on. And then the peace of God is going to guard your minds and hearts in Christ Jesus. Your worry is going to be replaced by peace. So begin to thank God for the answers to your prayers before the answers really come. And as you do that, your faith is going to grow and grow, trusting God to answer your prayers. Now, one of the things, I uh, heard a story about somebody who was praying for somebody for something like 30 years. And, um, and eventually this person got saved. And somebody said, well, sir, how, how did you keep praying for this person for 30 years? I mean, how could you possibly do that? And he said, well, I felt God prompting me to pray for this person. 
And I believe that if God prompted me to pray for this person, he was going to bring the answer. For why else would he tell me to pray for the person if, and for their salvation unless he was going to answer the prayer? And so if God is prompting you to pray for something, believe that he's going to bring the answer if you keep on persevering in your prayers. Now, God's answer might not be in the way you expect, not always in the way we expect, not always in the timing we might desire, but he is going to answer those prayers. And as we get to know him better, uh, we're going to get to understand his answers as well. So may God help us to trust him to answer. Moving on to Tuesday, let's pray. God, show me that prayer's power is in you. John 15, 7 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now, the words of our prayers do not have power in and of themselves. Uh, Sometimes we get all hung up. Am I praying just the right way? Am I using the right words? Is there some formula I have to pray? And the answer is no. Uh, God sees our hearts. We pray from our hearts. The exact words we pray don't have power in and of themselves. You don't have to pray just the right words in the right order in order for God to answer. Some people are afraid to pray because I might get it wrong. Just share your heart. Just whatever God puts on your heart. Just pray those things to him. And this verse says, if your heart is full of God's word, if, you, if you're building a relationship with him, then, then you're going to, as you ask for the things that you wish, God is going to answer those prayers. And so the key to powerful prayer is doing those two things, abiding in him, building a relationship with him, and letting his word abide in you. Jesus said in Luke 5.35, the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them and then they will fast in those days. And he's speaking of himself as the bridegroom. One day he was going to ascend into heaven. There was some question by the disciples about fasting. And Jesus said when he was taken away, his disciples should and would fast. He expected his followers to fast. We see the early church combining fasting with prayer on a number of occasions What is fasting is simply abstaining from something, usually food, for a period of time. Uh, Fasting helps attune your heart to speaking to God, to hearing from him. Uh, Apparently from things in the Old Testament, fasting somehow helps us in the spiritual warfare that's going on. uh, Increases the uh, power of our prayers as we attune our hearts to God. So I'd encourage you to ask God if he would have you fast something This week, in this week of prayer, it might be simply skipping a meal and using that time to pray. Whatever God leads you to, there's many different ways to fast. We're not going to talk about them all today, but it's one way of humbling yourself. It's one way of drawing near to God as we as we draw near as as we seek to pray. Moving on to Wednesday. Let's pray. May I seek spirit baptism and pray in the spirit. Jesus said in Acts 1.8, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And so before Jesus ascended into heaven, after he raised from the dead, he instructed his followers to pray for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. 
And this spirit baptism would give them the power, we see in Acts 1.8, to be effective witnesses for Jesus. We see later on in the scripture that it would enable them to have operate in spiritual gifts. In Acts chapter 2, God's word uh, in Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost tells us the spirit baptism was not just for the early church, but it was for every believer down through history. When you're spirit baptized, you receive the ability to pray in the spirit, praying in an unknown tongue, which allows you to pray according to God's will in each and every situation. And God desires for us, if you haven't yet been baptized in the Holy Spirit, to seek that. Ephesians 6, 8 gives us the command that we are to pray at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert, with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And so here we have clear instruction to pray in the Spirit in every situation that we may encounter in life. The Holy Spirit will energize us. He'll guide us in our prayers. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I would encourage you to seek God as we begin this new year. We've just gotten a new shipment of uh, an excellent book called Power for Life. It's about spirit baptism. It's out there on the table there. We had run out of those, and we've got uh, many new ones in. If you've never read the book, I'd encourage everybody to read the book. A number of people in our church family have been baptized in the Holy Spirit uh, after they've read the book and understand more about it. So... Uh, check that out. If you have been spirit baptized, it's not really meant to just be a one-time experience. It's entering into a new realm with God, a realm in which uh, you can use your gift of praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues regularly in your prayer times, and God can begin to use you in other spiritual gifts as you obey His Word to desire to be used in spiritual gifts. Uh, God will answer those prayers. The Holy Spirit is an important part of our prayer life. Thursday, let's pray. Help me to understand I must pray. We'll unpack that in a minute. James 4.2 says, you do not have because you do not ask. Now that verse, a very simple verse, uh, teaches us that prayer is not optional. Sometimes people overemphasize God's sovereignty. God's just going to do, he's just going to do it. Why do I need to bother to pray? Um, well, you don't have because you don't ask. Uh, there's things you're going to forfeit if you don't ask God for those things. We, we need to pray. Prayer is not optional. And God responds to our prayers. If we don't pray, he's not gonna, we're going to miss blessings that he has for us. Now, the other aspect of this is that the Bible does teach that we can and should ask for prayer from other people. Uh, that's an important part of our prayer life. That's why we offer prayer at the end of every service. People can come forward for prayer. They will join with you in prayer. Uh, that's especially important when perhaps the prayers you've been praying haven't yet been answered or it's a very difficult situation. But we shouldn't just rely on other people's prayers for us. We must pray ourselves. We must join our prayers with others to see God's answer come. Each of us must grow in our prayer life. Uh, it's not like, okay, if I have a problem, I'm just going to come and Pastor Dan will pray. Well, I'll gladly pray with you. But your prayers have power too, and you need to grow in your prayer life and seek God. And certainly, 
This is not meant to discourage anyone from coming forward for prayer. We'd like to have a lot more people come forward for prayer at the end of the service. I think we could see more answers for prayer if, if more people would come and we would join our prayers together. Colossians 4.2 says, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. So here is another instruction for each one of us to pray. Again, with thanksgiving. I'm just seeing that more and more in the Bible. Uh, praying and thanking God for the answer. When we learn to pray by ourselves, the power when we join with others in prayer is even greater. Now, one of the ways that we can pray by ourselves and join with others at the same time uh, is with our Life Church prayer guide. Uh, there's updates in the prayer guide that are made every, well, sometimes weekly, sometimes bi-weekly usually. And so we encourage every member or regular attender to sign up for our prayer team. And you can do that simply by texting the word pray uh, to the number. It's in the bulletin. It's the same number we use for everything like this, 636-442-0210. And, uh, and then you'll be on that and you'll receive that uh, link to the prayer guide uh, on a, usually I guess it's a bi-weekly basis, something like that. And what's on the prayer guide, there's some general topics of prayer for our church that we're seeking God for. It also has if, if there's people in the church that are seeking God for a healing, uh, a major healing issue. We pray together, we join our prayers together for that. Uh, we pray for people who are new in the church, people who are newly saved. Uh, we have praise reports of things that God is doing among us. So get connected there and uh, and as we pray together, God will help us see great things happen. Friday, let's pray. Give me divine appointments to pray for others. Back to Acts 4. This is part of the early church's prayer there. It says they were praying, Now, Lord, look upon their threats and the persecution they were enduring and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And so this was a prayer the early church prayed, I believe, to give them divine appointments as they witnessed for people. Not only would they speak God's word to people, but they prayed that God would heal people and God would perform miracles. What's a divine appointment? It's just a phrase. It's actually not in the scripture, but it, it's simply God opening up an opportunity for you to personally Pray for someone in their presence. There are many examples of divine appointments in the Bible. It's just that phrase is not used there, but it's, it's a useful phrase. And God loves to answer prayers like that. Uh, when his children step out in faith and you pray for a divine appointment with somebody you know or perhaps just a divine appointment that maybe somebody you don't know, God is going to bring your way that day. God tells us in 1 Timothy 2.1, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. God wants us to pray for all kinds of people. And he will open up these divine appointments as we pray and ask him for them. Uh, he'll give us opportunities to pray for people for their needs, opportunities to invite people to church, opportunities to share Jesus with people. This could be appointments, divine appointments with your friends, your relatives, your co-workers, your neighbors. It could be anybody with a stranger. I used to watch a, a short video about how a doctor 
uh, stepped out in faith in a divine appointment to pray for a patient. So just an example of someone being obedient to God, stepping out in courage to pray for someone in a work environment uh, somewhere. And it's always, um, it's not always easy, okay? But God can tell you and give you those divine appointments and tell you when to step out. So in 2020, as in past years, we're encouraging uh, each person here to commit to a, our 2020 plus one challenge. 2020 plus one challenge uh, is simply making a commitment in this new year in 2020 to pray and work towards adding one person to our church family in this year. You're not promising you're going to do it. You're believing God's going to help you uh, as, as you um, as you work towards that, each year we have a new sign-up, a new commitment. So even if you made a commitment for 2019, we'd encourage you to make a renewed commitment in 2020. We're simply promising to pray and work to bringing somebody to be added to our church family, whether a believer or somebody who's dropped out of church or somebody who really just wants to connect uh, with a good church family. So to sign up for the 2020 challenge, you can make uh, check a box on your Connect card, or you can actually now text the word PLUS for the PLUS ONE challenge to that same number, and that will add you to that list, and uh, we will encourage one another during the year to continue to seek God to help His family to grow. Last day, Saturday, let's pray, may I build my relationship with God and others through prayer. James 4.8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So again, prayer is not just about having your requests answered. That is important. But prayer, I believe, is first and foremost about building our relationship with God. We build our relationship with other people through conversation, talking to them, listening to them. And that's exactly the same way we build a relationship with God, by conversation with God, which is what prayer is. Now, prayer can also build your relationships with other believers. Matthew 18 says, Jesus said, Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. And so Jesus is saying when believers gather together, when they agree on praying for something, that Jesus is there in a special way. And I believe in, in some way that the prayers are more powerful. When people pray together, they also build their relationships with one another. Uh, I have observed when you pray with somebody and you are agreeing with them on that, you begin to get to know that other person. You get, begin to get to know their heart. Uh, you begin to build a spiritual relationship with another person as well. Seeking God together, he strengthens those relationships. And so this year, for Prayer Week 2020, we're going to do something new, something special. Going to open up the church for prayer from 7 to 8 in the evening, this coming Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights. It's every night except Wednesday night. And I'm going to be here. Somebody's going to be praying every night because I'm going to be here every one of those nights, Okay. And uh, I would like to ask you, I'd like to encourage if you're a member or a regular attender to consider coming at least one of those nights 
to join me in prayer. And I believe uh, we're going to have... Um, we're going to have prayer guides there if you want some structure about what to pray about. And uh, even if you can't come for the whole hour, if you can come for a half hour, that would be great. Uh, we just want to, I believe God is asking us to do something new this year. And uh, you're not going to have to pray aloud if you don't feel comfortable with that. You can sit and just pray uh, or walk around and pray quietly. Uh, just something about coming together and seeking God for his will to be done in this new year. I believe as we begin the new year by making prayer a priority, we're going to see a fresh blessing of God on our families and our church. And so for a new year's resolution, uh, I'm, I'm encouraging you to make prayer a priority for this first week and continue on it uh, throughout the year. So each day of this week, I'd encourage you to focus on one of these prayer topics for that day and find a time that works for you to pray with the Lord as a regular prayer time this first week and, and throughout the year. And then check your calendar to see if you can find a night to come to the church and pray during that time slot. And I know that God's going to bless everyone who puts him first in prayer in 2020. Now, to become a Christian, to become a believer, to really have this conversation with God, being able to converse with Him, uh, we need to admit that we've sinned. We need to believe that Jesus died to forgive our sins, and we need to commit our lives to following Him as our Lord. And so let's bow our heads now. I'm going to pray. If you've never prayed a prayer like that, if you're not sure you're a Christian, I'd encourage you to pray along with me. Uh, if you may have, feel like you've drifted from God, uh, this would be a good time to recommit your life to Him the start of the year as well. So let's pray. Father, today I admit I've sinned, I've done wrong things, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died on the cross that my sins might be forgiven. He rose from the dead, and I ask Him into my life. I commit myself to following Him as my Lord and Savior all the days of my life. For those of us who are believers, let's pray as well. Father, we thank you for the privilege of prayer. Being able to talk to the creator of the universe. What an awesome privilege. Forgive us for not giving prayer the priority it should have in our lives. We pray that you'd help us in this new year, 2020, to grow in our prayer lives, individually and as a church family. We want to see you move in more powerful ways in our lives, and in the lives of others. God, we desire to be known as a church that prays and a church that sees amazing results in our prayers. We want people to come here and through our prayers to be saved, to be healed, to be delivered. We thank you, God, for how you're going to help us to grow in prayer this year. We pray for missionaries that we support Jerry and Lisa Harris, who are planting new churches in Missouri, we pray that you give them wisdom. Uh, we pray, God, that many uh, new churches would be planted in 2020 and that more people would come into your kingdom and encourage their hearts. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.